Hi, I'm Larato Skanka, but you can call me Olarato though, and you're listening to Living Content Podcast. Welcome to the second episode of Living Content, where we learn to love and embrace all parts of who we are and our human experiences. I hope that today is a better day for you than yesterday was, and I mean it in all ways that you hope for it to be. I hope today is a good day for you. I'm really excited and looking forward to today's episode. Today, I am particularly talking about our desire to please. As you can see from the title of today's episode, I'm talking about our desire to please others at our own expense. Simply put, that being a people pleaser. One of the questions that came through from the post I shared was from Masala, and her question was, how do I stop being a people pleaser and comparing myself? And I think the follow-up question was, how do I break through that cycle? And honestly, as I did share previously, this one hit home very deep and very hard. Um, I know this very well. And that's why in this episode, I wanted to first tackle uh, talking about being a people pleaser and all that. But I also read some of your questions and really I had to reach out for water because, wow, wow. There's so much healing work that um, we all need to do. And thank you, thank you, thank you um, for trusting me with your questions. And thank you for sending them through. So in the next episode, I will either be dedicating an episode to answering the questions or in some way I will be fitting them into the episodes. In today's episode, we will be discussing some of the signs that you might identify uh, within yourself that you may be a people pleaser in some way. I do believe that this shows off in different ways in our lives. So you might identify them in different aspects of your life and some of the ways in which you can break this cycle. Very often our desire to please is a symptom of a deeper issue. How I see most of our toxic beliefs and things that we have to learn to unlearn is that there must have been a point in your life, in your earlier life, where you first experienced what I would call a seed. And with every similar experience or triggering situation, the roots of that seed infiltrated your life and way of being to entrench themselves even more deeper. So with that, you end up building a coping mechanism that becomes your auto response to situations that may appear similar, though at times contextually different and may not necessarily require your defense response. However, though, since you have been so used to fighting and protecting yourself, you've built an armor against anything that would trigger the same feelings. So if I could share a brief story about myself, I grew up with a single parenting mother who came from a very traditional era where a girl child, and I'm sure you can relate as well, a girl child had to be a secondary mother figure to their siblings. And as a senior child, your younger siblings were like your own, you know. Um, I'm sure even just as not necessarily uh, the traditional era, even in this modern age era, um, we do see that happen very often where you have to be your secondary mother to your siblings. So from a young age, one learns to abandon their own desire to carry the responsibility of being a breadwinner at home, right? 
you learn to nourish others first before you nourish yourselves. So I would say in some way you grow used to being needed, especially by your siblings. And in some way you feel validated only when you would have given your all to your siblings. Now, as kids, we were exposed to that side of my mom that was very selfless and overly generous. She was the go-to person for everyone. Like literally, um, you know, when it comes to seeking advice or seeking an outlet to really um, load off to, my mom was always available for everyone, financially so, and just as an outlet and someone who was always there to carry everyone at that breaking point. And we saw that, we experienced that, and that was so loving of her. And I would say, though, that most people exploited that side of her. To us, being a giver, no matter to what extent, became a family value and a norm as well. And that being a good person meant being selfless, and that is considering yourself lust. In hindsight, though, and I share this with the utmost love for my mom, I know that life will keep sending you the same message until you learn. My mom being a generous and selfless giver left us destitute at some point. I love my mom so much uh, for her good heart, honestly. And I think part of who I am now um, obviously is rooted in who she is and who she was. So my essence uh, as a, as a grown-up woman is rooted in who she is, comes from her. So I, I really love her for a good heart. But as I said, in hindsight, I know that people will prey on your goodness. And the reason why I strongly oppose the notion of being selfless, being less of yourself, being less for yourself, and giving less to yourself is because those people who promote it have something to gain in you being less for yourself. They very much use it to manipulate you as though not giving or not overextending yourself is being a bad person. I think you should be able to do this at your own will. Give at your own will. You know, only when uh, you have given to yourself, so shall you give. I honestly get the two seemingly opposing narratives currently shared in society around being selfless and being selfish. Sorry, not selfish. (laughs) Being selfless and being selfish. What I have observed, though, is that those that much has been taken away from them for so long and now learning to advocate for self-preservation and prioritization. Whereas those who are forgiving before self-filling have much to gain in people believing that self-abandonment somehow brings abundance, which I totally, totally am opposed. There's no way that self-abandonment can ever bring you abundance. It doesn't work that way. You need to self-fill first so you can be able to nourish others from your well that overflows, right? And that becomes good nourishment. I think people, even people around you, realize that that it's actually far more nourishing when you've nourished yourself first. So as a people pleaser, you learn to do everything to feel more accepted. And that means at times you have to abandon yourself, right? As a recovering people pleaser myself, I know it's a very, very hard habit to break. Because the roots have spread out to so many different areas in your life. Your relationship with your friends, your co-workers, your boss, your siblings, your kids, your parents, uh, your partner, your relatives. They've been so used to you being quote unquote kind. And now learning to advocate for yourself comes with a guilt and shame to yourself that you now feel like you're being selfish. So you, you are not able to distinguish when you are being selfish and um, when you are prioritizing yourself. 
At times you even judge yourself before they even say so because you've been holding to a different narrative of what being a good selfless person looks like. And when you start saying your no, they seem harsh. They regard you as or start receiving you as changed. Like you're no longer the person we used to know. You're no longer the kind person who was always giving, right? That we used to know. Some will even use your growth in life as a reason why you have changed. Like, oh, since you went to varsity, you've changed. I, I know that some of you even relate to this one very well. Uh, that since you went to varsity, you know, um, you've changed. And since you got married, you've changed. Since you moved away, you've changed. Since you got that job, you've changed. Those things will guilt trip you so much, so bad that you will want to succumb and give in and feel deeply bad for your choice of choosing you finally. The reason why I decided to tackle this topic first was because I had to start with the very thing I know well and still affects me in my life, in my personal life, and I'm still working through. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm very sure that this is the episode that I'll keep on coming back to as a reminder to myself to say, remember what you said, remember what you shared. And like I said in my earlier episode that I will be learning as I teach, I will be teaching as I learn. Um, so as we walk this journey together, I'm literally with you wherever you are. Um, I'm literally at your level. Don't see me as this person who's totally healed and know so much. No, I'm also just learning. And I have times where I have to go back and remind myself. I have times where um, I do the very same thing that I tell you, I advise you um, to stay away from. And I do the mistake again, you know, where I'll have to repeat the same mistake until I learn what I'm supposed to learn. Or even if I have, because of my auto response, I have to be intentional about um, choosing different I really struggled with this desire to please for a very long time. And at some point I was regarded as shy, gullible, timid, and I hated it. But at the same time, I was the nice girl, kind, and all that made me feel wanted and accepted. So there was a side that I didn't quite enjoy being called. And the, there was a side that made me so accepted, you know, like acceptable and almost like belonging. It felt that way, even though it might have not truly been that case. I had jobs where I felt like the size of a grain and I imploded. I literally imploded because I was literally disregarded. I went through the worst depression in my life. Though you live to please others, most times you feel alone and like nobody really cares about how you feel. So this, I'm going to talk about it in the body of this episode it's starting to feel like it's going to be a very long episode but brace yourself if really this topic means a lot to you i want to go through 10 signs if you are counting it will be 10 if you're not counting it's probably more than that um some of them i just tried to lump them up but I want to go through 10 signs that you might identify in yourself and do a self-check, whether you may be a people pleaser and some ways in which you can break that cycle. So we're going to start with the 10 signs. In this though, can I ask that you be kind to yourself, that even when you identify these, don't judge yourself too harshly as though you've let yourself down because it's easy to feel like you've let yourself down. But that's, that's the least thing that you really need from yourself. We both are learning and it certainly takes time to uproot 
decades long of conditioning. So be kind to yourself. Healing works, takes courage, grace, and patience. Remember that always. You're not going to brood decades long of conditioning just in one go. So yeah, that's why they'll tell you that healing work really, really takes long and sometimes a lifetime. So these are the symptoms that I have gotten through reading and through my own experience as well. So let's start. So one, you apologize a lot. You apologize for asking for help as if you're a burden. You excessively blame yourself and account for things that are not your fault or fear that people are always blaming you. So you try by all means to do what is seen as right to others. What I can tell you is you don't have to be sorry for being you and advocating for your needs. Two, you are usually concerned about what people think about you. You've really stopped to wonder, what do I think about myself? And if you could, you would literally want to see what everyone who has experienced you think about you or perceive you and try to make good if you could. Try to change it and amend it so that you're seen in a good light. You worry that people may not see you the same way you want to be seen. Hence, rejection hurts so much because you feel people are not seeing your goodness. So you try perform for it. The saddest part about this is that none of your effort will ever be recognized if ever the one that you're working tirelessly to please has already decided on how they value you. So my husband and I call this thing a theta, the theta, the theta we place next to a person, more like a multiplier that you place next to someone. So if the theta is very high, even the slightest gesture from this person would mean the world to you versus the one that you place a fraction next to. No matter their effort to show you their affection, it will not amount to the one you've placed a huge multiplier next to. So see it that way. Regardless of how much you will effort to please this person who's already decided about where they're placing you in their lives, no matter what you do, if they place the theta of a fraction next to you, it will not amount to the one that you're desiring to be put in the same level with. So the only thing now to do is just be yourself. Number three, you sabotage yourself. You fail to disagree with viewpoints that goes against your values. So to maintain relationship or good standing with others, you fail to disagree with their viewpoints. So your action ends up seeming to endorse behaviors and things you don't vocalize to disagree with. With being a people pleaser, you even go to the extent of supporting something that even when you know your integrity does not agree with it, but for the sake of being seen in the light of being supportive or loving to this person, you politely agree. I know this very well, shucks. Anyway, number four, you feel responsible for how other people feel and you personalize people's emotions. As for personalizing people's emotions, and making it about you or thinking that they, it's a personal attack. Oh, that one. So you really love to see people happy, but you also personalize their unhappiness quite often. You feel that how people behave has everything to do with what you did. Even when it is vividly clear that you did nothing wrong, somehow you believe that there's something that you did and can do to change how they feel about you or how they feel actually one thing i'm also just learning to know is that you have no power to make someone feel happy or change their problems most times if not all the time 
people's emotions have nothing at all to do with you and what you did. Their emotions are their own responsibility. Completely. I think if you see it that way, you also will just self-check. Your own emotions are your responsibility. And that's why you shouldn't take anything personal. Number five, you find it hard to say no and you over-explain yourself. Keep it short. You over-explain yourself. So very often you find yourself burdened to do the things that you'd rather not but have committed yourself to doing because you couldn't say no to that person. So you end up going to that party or you end up um, having to do a project on behalf of someone even though you didn't want to do it. You do things that you would otherwise would have preferred not to do. But because you were not able to say no, and at times when you do say no, it is followed by a very lengthy explanation that is often not true, but it is to cover up for why you have to say no. Like how when someone would ask you for money and really you don't feel like giving it away, even though you have it, you're like, no, I have to pay school fees. No, I have to, like, for example, you have to see things like you're broke, even though that is not true. And then they see you on Instagram. They see you on social media, having a good, nice life. Or even then you sometimes feel like, nah, now I can't share my life because I said no to someone. But guess what? Guess what happens when someone owes you money? they will still show their lives out there. So this is very much reason that you don't have to over-explain your no's. When you say no, you don't have to explain it further to anyone. You know, say your no's, full stop. Number six, you avoid conflicts by all means. This one, I know it because I've seen it at home. We struggle with um, confrontational conversations, like being able to express yourself that I didn't like what you did. I don't like what you did. I, I see it in my childhood family, if I'd say that. Um, we fail to confront each other to say, this is how I'm seeing what you're doing and it's hurting me in this way. So you avoid conflict by all means or feel uncomfortable if someone is in disagreement or when someone is angry with you. You can't stand the thought of someone being displeased with you. Therefore, you avoid confronting people to stand up for yourself and what you believe. So you compromise your values and yourself, right? Number seven, you need validation with most things you do or need praise to feel good about yourself. I think the first one on number seven, you need validation on most things you do. That's me. I think literally if I'd have an idea, I'll have to pass it through my husband to say, what do you think? And even the second step to that idea, what do you think? Um, even when he's in disagreement or actually opting for the second option i'd be like i've already decided that i actually want to do option one but i just wanted you to tell me and when he says option two then i doubt myself and i'd be like should i still even pursue this thing should i be doing this thing or not so i would consult so many people before i actually get to a point where i believe in a thing 100 percent so this dependency on others to validate you often makes your emotional health very unstable because when invalidated, you feel like your worth has been stripped away and you don't believe in the thing that you do anymore or even in yourself for yourself. So you're only happy when others shower you with compliments. Number eight, being by yourself feels lonely most of the time. You have a strong yearning to be with company Though you feel with most relationships, you have been holding yourself back from being yourself. 
and you envy people who have groups of friends or have social lives so you compare yourself to them and their lives perceiving them as likable as cool and always better than you so i know this from varsity varsity days everyone was cooler everyone was rich everyone was lovable everyone had that thing that everyone gravitated towards but you felt mostly like a misfit like you didn't belong in any group or circle of people that would really not want to alter your or change your personality so that you can fit in so you almost change or you almost morph yourself into a character or a personality that is more acceptable uh, within groups of people or that it is easy to fit in to those groups of people i think this is particularly very hard for introverts or people who are not energized um in in large circles um who rather are energized when they and recharged when they are at home alone um so very often when you sit too long in your cocoon you feel like depressed um i feel like i need company now so that space no longer becomes more nourishing anymore you feel like everything that you see on social media is what the norm should look like for you as well in this case i would advise people like this who are you know mostly like me i think create express yourself through creativity that can be dance that can be writing that can be sketching that can be painting and if not if you don't find yourself creative read books most people who wrote books were just like you felt like they didn't belong in the world and i think when you read books you'll very likely find characters personalities that you know you'd be like this is my kindred spirit somewhere in the world out there who is just like me who gets me who feels me who knows what i'm going through so when you read books when you create it's either an expression or it's either finding belonging through someone who's on another side of the world and i think it helps a lot it helps it helped me deeply uh during my darkest days where i didn't want to morph anymore i was too tired of changing myself of being acceptable and i decided that i'm going to make the space of being alone of solitude more enjoyable and that was reading that was creating and that was you know just doing the things that i love and just believing that i'm not odd uh, but books did validate that so yeah number 9 counted as 10 and 9 the last one which hurts the most you don't admit it when your feelings are hurt this hinders you from having authentic relationships with others when you allow yourself to be seen held supported as you do it so easily for others so i read this phrase and it relates to this point particularly denying that you are angry sad embarrassed or disappointed even when you are emotionally wounded keeps a relationship superficial So you don't get to a point where you cultivate an authentic relationship with others. So allow yourself to express yourself when it hurts. And I think the hardest though very important place where we need to advocate for ourselves strongly is in the workspace. It's even worse now during a pandemic since we work from home and home is work, you know. Um we don't know where to separate work and home. It's important to advocate for yourself there. Draw the boundaries that you need to draw. If you can't accept a meeting, don't accept it. If you don't feel relevant or important to attend the meeting, don't. I have time where you actually focus on your own work, deliverables and all that. Draw that boundary. Even if you have to express it to your boss, prioritize yourself, prioritize your self-care. 
Now I'm just going to move on to how to break that cycle. Number one, now that you've identified the areas which you may be overextending yourself as a people pleaser, be conscious and intentional to get out of that habit by saying no to small things that you don't agree with or intend to do. On viewpoints that you don't agree with, don't be afraid to be seen in light of saying no, I don't agree. And not having words or verbiage to even articulate and explain yourself further. Just leave it as a no, I don't agree, I disagree. You don't have to explain yourself further. Number two, if you can at all express your points, then do so. Express your opinion even on things that you regard as minute, simple or frivolous. This is how you gain confidence in yourself and your voice by empowering yourself in all scenarios when you find yourself having to advocate for yourself, no matter how small they are. I think even the small, simplest ones are the ones that we get training on. We get training on, we gain our confidence on so that it's easier that even in this big spaces like in corporate and work uh, spaces that you can actually advocate for yourself. Start with the small ones. Number three, learn to rehearse your nose. Rehearse them often, even just to yourself. Um, learn to rehearse your nose. Number four, without invalidating people's experiences and noting that in some cases it is very, very hard and difficult, maybe from how deeply entrenched this is to you and in your life or the living conditions that you are in are not safe and not allowing or conducive enough to support you when you start advocating for yourself. If you are struggling, I do recommend that you seek professional help. Professional help will be the way to go and they will consider all these aspects of your lives and give you something that is tailored for you, um, that makes sense to you in your life. So that's it. Um, I think mainly the solution is learning to advocate for yourself and rehearsing your nose um, from small scenarios to big, learning to speak out for yourself. Today's topic was all feels and that's why it was meant. Today's affirmation is more like a, a letter of self-forgiveness. So it's not necessarily an affirmation, but it's just words of self-forgiveness throughout the journey that you've walked and feel in all ways that you need to forgive yourself because I think it all starts with self-forgiveness before you can forgive the person who preyed on your desire to please or your people pleaser traits that were just outside you and you trying to fit in trying to belong so this is more like a self-forgiveness as opposed to an affirmation so it's just to hold ourselves in this moment and forgive ourselves in all ways and it's easier when you say it out loud um, just the way you thought about it in many times you thought about it you rehearsed it to yourself this is another way of releasing it, um, releasing all the beliefs that you've harbored in and forgiving yourself. I forgive myself for times when I didn't vocalize how I felt and didn't believe I deserved to be heard. I forgive myself for thinking my thoughts didn't matter. I forgive myself for overextending myself to others when I needed myself most. I forgive myself for carrying the responsibility of things that were not my fault from the beginning. 
I forgive myself for it all and I forgive those who preyed on my desire to give. I didn't know better. I was still learning. I am still learning. I know now that I'm a good person because this I deeply know. I know now that I can give myself the same love I easily give. I know now that I can firmly advocate my nose and still feel loved, safe and supported. I know now that I'm dearly loved, held and supported. I know now that I matter. I know now that I'm worthy. I know now that I'm a well of love. I know now that I belong to myself. I know now that there's a place where I belong to. If I can at all, I want to invite you to write about some of these things and I will post them as well on the show notes or on social media page. Please do check them out. These are just writing prompts or just whatever. It's just writing to release basically and writing to reflect, writing to affirm to yourself, writing to remind yourself. These questions are, what do I think and feel about myself? Who am I to myself? What would be possible at all for me if I cultivated conversations and relationships which I invited my truest and authentic self in? How does it feel to say no to the person I love the most? What is true and not true about those feelings? When I feel this way, who can I reach out to for a conversation about this? Who do I feel like a failure if invalidated by them? Can I open a conversation about this to them? Perhaps, if not, even if so, what would I say? Write it all down, write it all down. I hope that in some way, I really hope that in some way this helps you a lot. I think that is my wish. That is my wish. Shucks. Who? Yeah. Who? Otherwise, beloved, um, have a lovely week. I hate this. I love you so much. Know that you're loved. Know that you're loved. Know that you belong. Keep well and stay safe. Chat to you next week. I hope I won't be teary like this next week. But take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really do appreciate you for being here. Please remember to share your love openly here by subscribing, sharing these episodes, and also just adding your feedback on the reviews. So this podcast can also be easily found by those in similar journeys and needing the message here. I would love to hear how the podcast is helping you. So do share that too with me and be sure to check the podcast out on Instagram. Keep well, chat to you soon.